Blog Talk Radio. Uncle DC, why is Green Inch marking herself like this? Prophecies told of a flood. Wipe us off the world's ass and shit. You're gonna train me? I'll think about it. Think that's right? So what are prophecies wrapped about something that could stop all that bull? On an injury's 18th BD, she becomes a warrior and her beat-beat training begins the gods, sometimes, they're just testing us. It's time. I know. Once upon a Sunday, a beep beep massive with ancient-ass blood would rise up. There's something we gotta show you. She will a time who would beep beep shit so fast that she would move time with her feet, yo. Why'd it take you so long to take back the FP? Just sit back and watch the show, Q-Tip! Welcome to another edition of Archivist Best on Sexy Witches, a podcast from the Geek Girls' perspective, and I am the head huntress. So what was that big epic sound you just heard? That is the trailer. The trailer to the third FP movie, the FP3, Escape from Baco. The second part of the trilogy, there is a fourth part coming out, the FP4, for Ebbs in a year's time. But we now have official date for the third film. It will be... October, I believe, well, hold on, I had it over. October 9th at 8 o'clock during the F, virtual FP Fest, which is available online. Uh, there, I will post, t- I will, well, I'll be posting pretty much tickets and, and shameless plugging until the actual FP <laughs> Fest in September. And that is awesome because I am actually a producer on this one. And not just like when I did the stylist. The stylist is an associate producer. It's kind of like betting on a horse. You know, you, you, <laughs> you, see a, you, you know that you're going to back something that's going to be special. And the stylist absolutely is special. The SP is un... You can't review it. But if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. It, it, you can't review it. It is Teflon. <laughs> 
it is an actual passion project of mine and to support Jay Show's vision and his family and watching these movies come to light has been a pleasure. And I didn't have to do that alone because on the West Coast is one of my partners in crime hanging out in Anaheim, eventually going back to Disneyland. Please welcome to the show, Captain Pigtails himself, the sexy warlock <laughs> of Orange County, Aaron Kogan. How you doing? Yo, yo, yo. Um, no, I'm doing great. God damn, how good does that trailer look? Um, the trailer's epic, and people haven't seen it. It's totally on YouTube. Um, and it, the music is phenomenal, as always. Like, that's actually half the reason the FP movies exist is the score. Um, and no doubt. Yeah, so I'm really excited yeah. about all that. I can't believe I live in a world where I actually have two films out in the same <laughs> year. Um, what, it it, it looks know, epic. It, it looks on paper like I'm I'm winning, but I'm just supporting. <laughs> I'm supporting, and I'm glad I'm supporting my friends and family. You know, I, I don't have a lot of real family, so my extended family, I love them small, whether they I've only known them for a few minutes at a con, or like Raven and I have been <laughs> collaborating for years and have never met in person. Speaking of which. <gasps> what? I know. Speaking of which. My co-host on the Pacific Northwest, which is actually not going to be true next week. When she can again, the Raven can explain that in a few moments if they want to. Please welcome to the show, the Enchantress of Nevermore, Raven Jasper Hawk. How you doing? Welcome back to Sexy Women. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I am hanging in there. We had another heat wave, but it's not as bad as the one that broke all those world records. It's just kind of like a baby heat wave, so that's a little easier to deal with. But it still kind of sucks when I'm sweaty and gross. Oh, I'm sorry about that. At the same time, I'm also more relieved about that. Now, I won't even want to tell you how amazing the weather has been for last week here. (laughs) (laughs) No, do I can imagine it and live vicariously vicariously through you. Oh my god, we have had um, low to mid 80s, zero humidity for about a week with showers. Oh, that sounds awesome. Now, a week ago, we did Heaven. have a tor- like the, the big storm that, because co- we were having a fucking heat wave too, not as bad as yours, but I was pretty bad too last time we were talking. Yeah. The, the storm that broke the heat wave uh, dropped a tornado near my office while I was there. Right? Okay. Yeah. I saw that. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I didn't actually get to see it. Um, they, you know, I was. There's no windows in my building. I went out actually because well, I'm stupid. As soon as my phone goes off, what do I do? I go downstairs to see if I can see the rotation because <laughs> that's just the nerd I am. I want to see the storm. Uh, but I didn't see anything. But then they made us go into an interior part and sit and wait it out. I was, you know. And then there was an earthquake this morning. <laughs> so we're, we're getting some what? West Coast weather on our East Coast right now. Crazy. Do you know how big was the earthquake? Oh, 2.3. I, I mean, like, like, oh, that's hard was, to feel. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> please. That's a baby. Well, no, actually, you do feel them here. And this is why. Uh, unlike where Aaron is, and no, nobody would have felt that shit. They would be like, oh, oh whatever, right? Uh, yeah. All those buildings are prepared for it. Those buildings, none right. of these buildings are, so they rattle like they're... Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that thing's retrofitted. Yeah, that thing's retrofitted. So 
And this is the third <laughs> earthquake we've had in this area this year. So, I don't know. Wow. Anyway, so that's kind of cool. So, uh, one more point of business, guys, and then I we will continue onwards. Because we have a lot to talk about. In 9.30, we have director Kevin Kangas, uh, known for the Fear of Clowns series, the Territory series. Mm. But if you dig into his back closet of his collection, he has a Majesty film called Hunting Humans from 2002. It's his first film. So we're going to talk about what it's like to be a first-time director and what it's like now in, you know, like now that he's doing sequels to his own films, uh, like how he's progressed over the years. You know how I love geeking out over indie indie film directors. And um, we're going to talk about, you know, whatever, um, you know, he wants to talk about yeah. his, yeah, I'm really excited to have him on the show. He's a local boy, so I'm going to definitely talk to him about Crab Town yeah. today, Mr. Cam- Kevin Kangas, if you know what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, anyway, uh, so that's what's going to happen at 9.30, but first, we've got to do two recaps. One, a real quick one, we're going to lead off with Raven. Raven, what is? Uh, yes. give us your lowdown, and then... I'm going to hand the mic over to Mr. Aaron, and he's going to recap SCCC at home, the San Diego Comic-Con virtual reality, whatever that thing was. Next year, it's going to be live. (laughs) So, so Raven. Well, maybe this uh, November. Maybe. Hmm. We'll see. We'll talk about that in a minute. Raven, what what have you been doing? What What would you like to report as a sexy witch? Well, there's um, a couple things. Um, I'm technically, so I'm pretty open about my uh, mental health uh, because I think it's important to destigmatize the BS that goes with it. I am uh, virtually in a hospital right now, um, and I'm in a program that I'm, I'm on camera six days a week, six hours a day with a care team. Um, and I've been assigned a therapist and a psychiatrist, and I meet with them weekly, and they're helping me come up with like a discharge plan and a way to segue um, into life when I move, and that's going to be happening happening in a couple weeks. Um, I'm going to be ending up in Sparks, Nevada with my um, BFF, so... Um, I'm a little out of it because they changed my medicine. <laughs> it's going to take a while to work right. Um, in the meantime, I was kind of binging TV in between classes and stuff because I, I don't really know what to do with myself yet. But I have to recommend this amazing series that just dropped on HBO called Music Box. And the first episode is called Woodstock 99, Peace, Love, and Rage. Oh, yeah, um, that documentary is getting a lot of buzz. Holy crap. It's really amazing. I didn't understand when I was younger that th- these were the same Woodstock people as the 69 Woodstock people. I thought someone bought that name, but it is actually the same dude that also did the 94 Woodstock. Um, and there, it's like Fire Island. Like, it's Fire Island with Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, so... Huh. It's kind of like you get some shot in front of watching, but it's also terrifying and like um, warning you will probably end up with herpes just by watching it. Like, it's <laughs> 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 kind of a lot of mud and crap, like literal crap. 
that people are rolling around in and there's a lot went wrong. Um, and so you can see the downfall before it happens very clearly because there's some terrible decisions being made about everything. And it's really shocking to learn that a lot of these problems also existed in Woodstock 69. Uh, so they compare mm -hmm. all the festivals and um, what was what went wrong and what went right and how the famous Woodstock documentary has been edited to only romanticize <coughs> and not show that they had to airlift food in, three people died, um, there was wow. like a strike almost, um, I, I don't think that's the right word, but uh, people were revolting, basically starting a riot over the lack of food mm. available um, in 69 because it cost too much money. Nobody could afford the shit they were selling, and it was the same thing in which that's 99. Their bottles of water in 1999 were $4. And then they had one trough that was supposed to be free water for everybody, but people were standing in the drinking water because it was so hot. So, um, and that's just one point of <laughs> disaster in this whole thing. So, um, yeah, roll a joint and like <laughs> watch the horror show because it's a doozy. I was watching that shit live on television. MP, MP, I don't know if you mentioned it. Oh, you got it. the pay-per-view? Uh-huh. So, nice. Yes. So I watched that. I will have to, though, say that I haven't watched the documentary yet because it hits a little close to home, but I will because mm -hmm. I think it's an important thing to remember this happened. Um, yeah. Corn performed their best performance they had ever done shit. during yes. that particular show and that yeah. alone is worth remembering Woodstock 99 and the rest of it is just they show most of it they it yeah. kind of it, it it kind of like I'm a I'm a 90s music girl and when I mean 90s music girl I'm like I like edgier stuff I like Fear Factory Machine Head uh you yeah. know Corn and and so I I was this was kind of the nine Woodstock 99 for me it was like the end of my innocence Right. You know, 94 was the peak of my innocence and then and, and my young adulthood, and 99 was the end of it. Um, and in many ways it was, because in 2001, everything changed for everybody, right? So, but, mm. uh, you know, but it, it's, uh, but yeah, so I would thank you for recognizing. And you said you had another thing, too. Oh, did I? <laughs> did you, I, did do have, I do have, I do have. Uh, oh, uh, movie-wise and TV-wise, I always have more. I just, I don't want to take over the whole show. So you just tell me when to stop. Because sure I go. always have more. <laughs> okay, well, I also got to recommend one more thing then. Um, okay. On Netflix, they've only dropped three episodes so far. It's called um, Tattoo Redo. And it's kind of over-edited and a little glib the way that Netflix likes to. There's unnecessary narration. Hmm. But... What's cool is, I can't remember the name of the hostess, but she's hilarious. Um, as long as she's not doing the narration, someone else wrote for her. People <laughs> come in in pairs. And so, say, uh, a mother will come in and say, her, my daughter has her boyfriend's tattooed name tattooed on her butt. Um, and then he went to jail and they broke up. And so... Then the host will say, okay, that's great. We're going to cover it. One of our six amazing artists here will cover it up. But the twist is mom gets to pick what the tattoo is. 
So whoever brings in the person with a tattoo that needs to be covered up gets to choose what's going on it, and they don't wow. get to see what it is till the end. Now, there's okay. six different tattoo artists they choose from. One of the tattoo artists is Rose Hardy from um, New Zealand, who's Ed Hardy's daughter. So she does, like, the traditional sailor stuff really well. Um, and just, like, the people that are there that are the experts, um, no matter what they do, it's going to be better than what someone came in with because what they come with is, <laughs> is just freaking hilarious. Um, but, like, I've never seen cover-ups like this before. You cannot see one bit of lining from the previous tattoo. Um, they do some really clever artwork and um, styles and designs to make this happen. So it's very interesting to see, um, you know, watch it disappear before your eyes in a way. And then to watch the reveals um, can be really emotional and kind of cathartic because I wow. so far no one's been mad yet that I've seen. Um, so it's really <laughs> uplifting in a way as well. Um, so if you're interested in watching like how artwork is done, that's a good one. Um, I don't know when the next episodes are happening, but they do have three right now. You sound like you have tattoos yourself. I do. <laughs> um, I, I wouldn't get any of them redone yet. I like them. I've got like invaders in <laughs> stuff and, it's important. <laughs> I love Invader Zim. Yeah. Speaking of Invader Zim, um, when we were at San Diego Comic Con together, you busted out of the animation uh, domination panels to go go do Vader Zim stuff. So I, <laughs> nice. Yeah, I got, got some exclusive merch. And then, uh, because nice. I was blessed to win the lottery, I got it autographed by uh, the voice wow. of Zim. Uh, the almighty <gasps> tallest red and yes. her, and it was very, very oh, cool. That's fancy. Unfortunately, that's a memory of the past now because for uh, two years running, we've had virtual Comic Con at home, as they're calling it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Comic Con so, at home. And you attended oh, this year. How was it? Yeah. So give us. Yeah, well, the here's the thing you got to understand. I'm sorry, Dad. No, I said give us the skinny. No, give us the skinny. We're oh, waiting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, here's the thing. I've been doing Comic-Con since I was knee-high to a grasshopper, you kids. Um, yeah. Dad took me to my first one in 76 when it wasn't at the convention center. When It was the very first year, actually, that movies were a part of it. And previously, it was all about uh, the comic books and uh, science fiction, fantasy, horror, novels, and writing. Um, there was a little tiny bit of merch. Um, if I'm being honest, my main purpose in going down with Dad was so I could get some Star Trek insignia symbols, the, the little delta that I could sew on my shirts because I was a huge geek. Um, it's grown from that. Uh, it's no longer in the basement of a very fine hotel and now fills one of the largest convention centers in the world. But like I said, for the past two years, thank you, COVID, we've been at home. The room, well, it's not a rumor. The plan is that we're going to have Comic-Con in the fall, Comic-Con Thanksgiving. I don't know what the hell they're going to call it, but the plan right now, knock wood, if things don't get canceled, is that we're going to have a mini Comic-Con uh, the weekend right after 
Thanksgiving uh, th- Thanksgiving Thursday. Uh, the the theme they're running with is spend Thanksgiving with your family, then come spend the weekend with us and bring your money. Uh, Comic Con oh is a God. huge thing for San Diego. San Diego is hurting for certain because not only Comic Con but also the other conventions. But Comic Con is easily the biggest one they have. Um, once again, I did the at home thing like I did last year. Uh, very little merch for me because uh, there wasn't anything that really fired my wallet to really go out and get. Uh, I mean, an attempt at the Hallmark collectible Boba Fett, but that was gone in a second. <laughs> uh, I ended up getting uh, the official Comic-Con uh, T-shirt that says uh, front of the line in front and on the back it says back of the line and some glow-in-the-dark uh, Comic-Con dice. And I, I think that's pretty much all I got this time. Uh, they did have the movies uh, that you can watch in a group with everyone like they did last year. I, I didn't do any of those, but that's always kind of fun. They've been doing gaming online, which is super cool. But again, for me, it was just about the panels. Uh, I have never missed a an Archer panel or a Rick and Morty panel, Knockwood, in person. Uh, this year, there was no Archer panel, but Aww. the new season trailer is up on YouTube right now if you want to go see it. I believe we get Archer August 25th. Don't quote me on that. That I just wanted to briefly share with you um, and tell you, you know, give you a, a thumbs up or a thumbs down if you're a fan. Uh, the Doctor Who panel, I recommend if you're a Doctor Who fan. Uh, we got to meet the new cast members. Uh, John Bishop, who's, uh, if you're a British comedy fan, you'll recognize from his stand-up. He also does a bunch of acting gigs. Gigs, and then Jacob Anderson, who Game of Thrones fans will remember as Grey Worm, he's joining the cast of Doctor Who as well. And the thing that kind of fired me up for this coming season is there's going to be more cliffhangers. It's going to be uh, a little less silly and uh, a little more return to form if you believe the cast and crew. So. Fingers crossed, uh, I'm looking forward to the new Doctor Who season. Uh, there was an R, uh, a Fear Street panel. And again, Hi. if you're a fan of the Fear Street, uh, I give you a thumbs up. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of mixed. I give, a, I give Fear Street a thumbs up. I actually really enjoyed the right trilogy. So it was, it was, it was mm-hmm. fun. So. Natalie did too. Natalie got a lot more fun out of it. Um, you know me, I'm, I'm a freaking cranky pants when they throw things in the wait a second that guy could not be doing that because in the previous scene he was doing this and you know that kind of thing uh but you know there's a little more need for willful suspension of disbelief in fear street but i love all the actors in it so you know i i I would even give it another look again uh on the panel they had uh some of the cast the director R.L. Stein himself, uh, the thing that horror fans and fans of Fear Street are going to love is that the actor who plays Sam is a complete horror head. Uh, she is into it, and she knows her shit, and that was kind of fun. And they do a bloopers reel. 
So again, if you're a fan <laughs> of Fear Street, go to YouTube, look up their uh, their Comic Con panel. It's worth it. Uh, I caught the Masters of the Universe Revelation panel. Uh, oh my and god! Again, did I binge that shit fast? <laughs> well, it's so easy to do. They they oh, go I, down I, like I, butter. Deep, uh, that went down like butter. Anyway, oh ahead. my god! Go ahead. And, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I I, I totally agree with you. Um, the the series is a lot of fun. Um, Kevin Smith. <laughs> Uh, moderated the panel, Kevin Smith, uh, directing, producing, co-writing uh, Masters of the Universe Revelation. Uh, the thing that Kev said that really stuck with me was that the word from the above was take the relationships and grow them up. Write it as if you're writing it for adults. And that really stuck with me um, because if I were trying to describe the series, that's how I would describe it. I I, I say they absolutely achieved their goal. Uh, Scare Glow, Tony Todd. Uh, I, I adore him, so that was fun. Um, Mark Hamill, uh, they showed clips actually from the, Master of the Masters of the Universe Revelation after show. Excuse me. Which is also on Netflix. Of course, bless you. And um, I haven't seen that yet, but from the clips, I've got to. I got a Mark Hamill related that he found the voice for Skeletor uh, doing Tallulah Bankhead. And that's <laughs> the kind of shit I need to know about, goddammit. So I will be watching uh, Masters of the Universe after show on Netflix. And again, if you're a fan of Revelation, I recommend the panel. Batman, The Long Halloween Part 2, uh, was an okay panel. Um, I, I enjoyed it because I enjoy the series, but maybe a little more critical of the panel. I'm not sure you really need to see it to get anything new out of it or, you know, to look forward to the release. Uh, DC's following its same uh, program pattern as before. Uh, you're going to get hard uh, copy media of it, and it's going to be exclusive to DC before you ever see it on uh, HBO Max. Uh, let's see. Oh, Paramount Plus. Uh, they did peak animation with the Star Trek universe, the Harper House, which is a new series coming out, and uh, Stephen Colbert presents Tuning Out the News. Um, we're going back for another season of Lower Decks coming soon. I am nice. very excited about that. That's, I that's really enjoy Lower Decks. Uh, I I recommend the panel definitely for the Star Trek elements of it. Uh, and, you know, the Harper House looks like it could be fun. Uh, mixed family going back into a neighborhood, and uh, the mom is the breadwinner of the family, and da-da-da. I, I don't know. Um, it, it's not top of my list, but it, it looks pleasant enough animation. Uh, but everything else, Star Trek, I'm really excited for. I was kind of on the fence about Prodigy, which they've been pushing as a Star Trek animated kids show. And my hackles always go up a little bit when I hear kids show, because, you know, you worry about them writing down and directing down. And this one doesn't seem like they are. He said, hopefully. Um, <laughs> the big reel for me was holographic uh, Captain Janeway. So that'll be fun. Um, oh, 
And, you know, I, I got my fingers crossed. The animation looks really beautiful. They got some really fun uh, voice actors, and they've got some clever characters. Um, they have one character, a Medusin, uh from uh, the original series, who, who made a, a really startling appearance and uh, drove Spock mad, if you're an OG Star Trek fan. And I like the way they're bringing this character into the show. So, again, fingers crossed. Um, if you're a fan of Lower Decks, if you're a Star Trek fan, I recommend the panel. Go watch it on the YouTube. Rick and Morty this year was kind of take it or leave it. It wasn't anything about the projects or episodes ahead so much as it was reviewing the season so far. And for that, it was okay. Um did you tell me I, I could silly? kind of take it or leave it? Yeah. It's really I, I silly. And Natalie know. and I have been talking about. I, I was going to say, the, the, the last episode was the closest I think we got to an actual Rick and Morty episode in a while. I kind of had an epiphany. And the, the, the thing that's so different about this season is Rick isn't the driver. He's really passive with mm-hmm. everything. And that's just not the Rick and Morty that we've had in the past. And in some ways, it almost seems like fan fiction. Uh, yeah. But, you know, uh, we, we had a, a, a weak start on the last season. It didn't get really good to the middle. So we'll see what happens on the Rick and Morty. I'm going to tell you, if you're a diehard fan, go ahead and watch the panel on YouTube. Otherwise, you're not really going to miss this much. They play some stupid game where they all have car- uh, cards with the character names on it, and they say, who would be the one, too? And they hold it up, and that goes on way too fucking long for my taste. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, again, At you know, all, it's eh. too long for me. <laughs> right? Um, Blade <laughs> Runner, like Black Lotus, I recommend. Uh, animated series, coming to Adult Swim, looks beautiful. CG, <laughs> but still, it looks really good. Uh, the animators were some of the same... Uh, guys from Japan who did uh, the Animatrix, if you remember that. Uh, The animated episodes they did, yeah. Which, again, beautiful animation. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, this looks like it's going to be really good. Um, I blame my my cousin, the head hauntress, for uh, making me watch her universe fashion show. I'm kind of addicted now. Uh um, Because she dragged me to one live. I should be. be. Um, I I don't watch those reality shows. I don't watch, but I was completely taken in. Um, It's just beautiful to watch the stuff that they're doing. It's inspiring to hear your fellow geeks talk about cosplay and building their own stuff as a means of empowerment. And so, you know, if, if you're a fan of geekdom in general and cosplay, big thumbs up. It was it was really fun. Oh, uh, thank you, Aaron. We have again, to. Oh, we have to oh, actually yeah, no, go, go, go because guess who called? Uh, our guest is on the line. But um, excellent. If you, to, if you need to bring anything back up, maybe we can make it up at the top of the hour. Um, no but, worries. Um, so, but overall, would you uh, enjoy say you enjoyed your experience with the San Diego Comic Con at home this year? I did, and for fuck's sake, people, wear your masks so I can get back to going in person. Amen. 
All right. <laughs> so now going to back to uh, the madness, our our annual Halloween horror movie marathon madness. This will be 14th season. But this year we're doing a completely different style of madness this year. Instead of having it be a cramming binge-worthy, we've been binging for 14 years before there was a word called binge for this. All right, we've been it was it is the fiercest film watching competition. We're going to do it as a versus. We're going to actually battle our favorite movies to the death. And um, so this year's theme is is the madness battles to the death. And our themes are going to be horror films with action or puzzles like Saw, dystopian futures like Running Man or The Hunger Games, things or hunting humans, turkey shoot. Matter of fact, Brian Trenchard Smith will be on um, on September 8th. So please tune in to that one. This will be the second time that Brian Trenchard Smith has graced his presence on our show. But we're not talking to him tonight because I am talking to a local boy to me. This guy has been around for quite a while, actually. Uh, and we have, you see, you don't understand. Baltimore has a very close-knit, like, you want, you know one person in the film making movies. You know everybody making films. And it's just so funny that we everyone kind of makes these circles. And we have mutual friends. I just kind of how it works. I met him at a couple, I, I, I don't remember which convention. I think it was Monster Media. Uh, we'll have to remember. <laughs> but you can watch his films on Plex and on Amazon Prime. He is known for his, a lot of his films, but his most popular one is probably the Fair Clown series, uh, which a lot of people really love. And as a, you know, we all are huge fans of evil clowns on this show. So please welcome to the show, Glenn Burning Native director kevin kangas welcome you're on with the sexy witches and please if you want to call us while we're here 646-716-9172 646-716-9172 the sexy witches are looking forward to your call welcome sir i'm bringing you on right now let's see welcome you're on hey, with how the sexy are you? witches how you doing good can you hear me yeah at first I yeah but now i can so Ah, perfect. Excellent. This is like some professional radio show or something. I can hear it while I'm, while I'm holding stuff. This is crazy. <laughs> well, I wish the sound was better. We have terrible sound on this show, but I tra- the trade-off is, and I always say we record in lo-fi, is that um, we are live calling. So there's an element of surprise and danger on our show. But usually it's just us nice. on a... But it's really like more like a '90s party line. Four of us just shoot the shit for two hours. Are, so, are you guys hearing some weird background music too, or is that just me? I oh, am. No, uh, it's uh, like some reggae going on. Uh, that is actually yeah, the specials a, too hot to be exact. If you want to know. Nice. Thank you for asking. I totally to thought that was in my head. No. Well, I didn't want you guys to think like I was playing music in the background. Oh, no, no, no. I, I always call radio stations. When I introduce a, a, a guest, especially a new one, I often play music underneath it. So you sound oh, epic no. when you come on. Oh, right. Well, that, let's not get so crazy. You, and you do sound epic. So thank you for coming on the show. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me. You know, I remember we talked about it. And again, I don't remember what show, you know, you, you do a hundred shows and then you just, they all blur together. So, but yeah, I uh, remember, uh, you know, talking to you years ago about it. Oh, I have have several signed copies of movies of yours downstairs to be exact. 
Oh, on my nice. sign, on my sign, copy shelf. You gave me a copy of Territory and Fear of uh, and Fear of Clowns one. So <laughs> yeah, Territory two is like smashing it on Tubi right now. We're actually we just started. We just basically made a a new distribution deal, which is why it's all you know. My movies are starting to show up on you know Plex and Tubi and mm-hmm. Binge Horror and all these other places. But I I had no idea that uh, those places could make money. But all of a sudden I'm getting reports, and I mean Territory two is by far. I mean, not even close. It's destroying all the other movies as far as uh, wow. how much money they're making. Yeah, it's it's it could be made. pretty soon. I guess I'm going to be known for the territory movies. <laughs> yeah, geez, that's that awesome, like... though. Well, congratulations on that. You know, sometimes it Thank takes you. a little a little longer to find your audience, but clearly you find your yeah. audience, right? So um, yeah. that's what's great about indie films, you know, and people are now can go down and deep dive some of your older stuff, too, because it's all available and you can find it. And I was very pleased because, yeah. you know, because uh, I, I like I said, I actually don't remember, Kevin, which convention we met at the first time. I, we've bumped into each other a few times, but right. I honestly don't know which one. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, Monster Mania so, is a good guess. I, I would probably say it was because that, you know, I tend to go to that one every year. Um, but I don't know. You saw, let's just say Monster Mania. I mean, we, we both whether, whether obviously have done Scares That Care, but I yep, don't yep. remember me- hooking up with you at Scare That Cares very much. Like, I, I don't have a memory of that. I, and I usually remember who I talk to, the vendors. You know, I always go talk to my boys and girls, you know, Zach and, and, and um, Atomic Cotton, you know, you know, there's, there's the people you hit, right? And Chris LaMartina, you know, usually he's at the pizza party printing. We usually hang out and talk to him. No. I, I, it must have been Monster Mania. Has to be. But you were it's just probably, that. Yeah. I'm, I'm usually so hungover, I don't really remember who I talk to on given. Like Friday, I'm normally pretty good. If I talk to you on a Friday, I'll remember it. But on a Saturday or a Sunday, no, I I probably won't remember anything. So that's, so how, that's pretty how consistent. Was, how was the show? How did did you make a killing? Did you do, How did you do? Uh, I did pretty well, but I had a lot of – honestly, I was 50-50 on even getting the table – and I actually hit Joe up at the last minute to see whether he could fit me in. Uh, and, I, you know, I was kind of hoping he wouldn't because then I could just go for fun. But he, at the, like two days ahead of time, he said, okay, I got you. I got you. You can get a table. And I was like, sweet. So uh, I, it was a whole lot of fun. There were a lot of people. Clearly people wanted to get out of their house. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I wish I had met all. There were so many people and so little time. Um I mean, there were a lot of authors there I wanted to meet that I've sort of gotten to know online now, but I didn't get to meet. Like um, Hunter Shea was one of the guys who I've uh, talked to on occasion. Brian Keene I did finally meet after um, I, I was on his, uh, his uh, what is it, Clubhouse, um, where they do readings. And I, had a, I have a new book uh, called With Teeth Out, and uh, he let me do a reading on there. So I want, wanted to finally get to meet him. And like Jeff Strand, I didn't get to meet uh, who I wanted to meet. Jeff so there's is a lot awesome. of people I Really, that's what I hear. But I just, you know, there's just so little t- The time goes by so fast, especially when you're hanging out with other friends that you already know, you know, that you haven't seen in a long time. It's it's crazy how fast the time went. But, I mean, all the authors were great. Um, I picked up a couple things from Kelly Owen. Um, uh, most of the celebrities, except, you know, I mean, if you're one, you want to hear some of the goss. Um, all the celebrities that were cool, except apparently I heard from a number of people that Billy Zane was a bit of a tool. Oh, no. <laughs> so, yeah, apparently Thank you, your was, friend uh, Billy he very, Zane. He was very, very standoffish, <laughs> apparently, and he wouldn't take, you know, the, the celebrity, like if you paid for a picture, he basically put like the Titanic banner between you and him. 
for every – so if, yeah. if you saw any pictures of him this weekend, I guarantee you there was a Titanic banner between the person who was getting the picture and Billy Zane. You know what? I he, think I know what happened, and it's very interesting because there was another Titanic movie before the James Cameron Titanic, and Billy Zane was in that one too. And then he auditioned – yeah, and then he auditioned wow. for the James Cameron one, but he auditioned for Jack for Leo's part. And uh, so did Jeremy Sisto, in fact. There's a really interesting screen test of the drawing scene with Jeremy Sisto and Kate Winslet. And I like it uh, better. Uh, I was going to say, that sounds I, a lot casting. Yeah, you know, their connection <laughs> seemed a lot more real to me. But I guess Leo you was like more stereotypical. You, you got all I'm the sorry, information go ahead. all the background. <laughs> You sound like a I'm Titanic a Titanic geek. <laughs> yeah, I like White Star Line. I oh, used to go to the Queen did, Mary oh my all God, the time. Did you hear about the wall that fell on some tourists at the Titanic Museum in Brandon? Yes. Oh yeah, my I God. did. People got it's hurt. Jack. Yeah, what a way to go. Especially if they, they went there and they're related to someone, you know, who, who had died on the Titanic, and they go there to pay respects, and then they get biffed by a Titanic wall or something. That's I don't know. It's just, double it's, irony. There's just something about it. It's just like, oh my god, it's just terrible. Anyway, it doesn't so, want you there. <laughs> so let's get back to the, uh, I, I think Billy Zane is totally jelly. Ah. <laughs> Maybe. I, I also want to say I think Fear of Clowns is a way better film than Titanic, but that's just me. <laughs> I appreciate. I haven't it, watched it yet. I will though. <laughs> <laughs> I'll watch I mean, compare. the budgets were very, very close. I mean, you know, we had about the same budget for each movie. <laughs> yeah, so. right. Oh, yeah. Sure. You can see it in the costuming for sure, right? <laughs> I say that because the sure. character has no shirt on for most of the movie. And that's right. So. Stripper the clown. <laughs> oh. So, Kevin, so I want to go back, though. We're going to deep dive into your catalog to your very, very first movie. I rewatched um yesterday to refresh myself. But um it's called um one of our themes for the, our my Halloween contest this year is hunting humans and I was like, Who do I know has a movie called about hunting humans? And I'm like, Kevin does. <laughs> <laughs> so Kevin True. Two thousand two. The young, the 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 unseasoned, the brand new filmmaker does Hunting Humans for their first film. How do you feel now that you've actually kind of like you know you you people you, you come up in Google, you people know who you are, you got to you know people come up to you and go, yeah, I've seen your movies. How do you feel? How have you grown from that person, or are you still that same person who made that movie? Mm, well, first we we shot that in '99. That's what a lot a lot of people don't know. We shot it in '99. Oh my gosh! We actually shot on film, 16 millimeter film, and I only had enough money to to get it developed. Uh, so it actually wow. sat at the lab for like a year because it, it was it was going to cost another ten thousand dollars to get it transferred oh to video gosh. so we could edit it. So uh, oh that's gosh. why it's actually so long in the interim. We just didn't have the money to to do anything. Um, wow. As far as no, I was I was. Uh, I was very close to, to Eric Blue as a person back then. Like I was, I was not a guy you really wanted to know. You wouldn't realize you didn't want to know me because I was like Eric Blue, like having, you know, I'd be very smiley and I, I was a bit of sociopath. Um, but as they say, if you've studied sociopaths and whatnot, they say there really aren't many uh, sociopaths that are older than forty, and that yeah. just sort of seems 
gone mostly away from me. I don't, I, I, maybe it's just because I don't have the energy to, to be that angry and, and homicidal anymore. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a much nicer guy now. I sometimes I miss that guy though. He, nothing, nothing, uh, nothing bothered him. He was, <laughs> he could do anything. But, uh, you know, I look back, it's, it's an interesting time. And the, the weird part is that, you know, the guy who played Eric Blue, um, he, he sort of disappeared out of my life for about, you know, Rick Gans, um, for like 15 years. And just recently, uh, a couple months ago, got back in touch with me. And uh, we met and have been chatting again. And it's interesting to see just how much we've changed, you know, in, in, in the 15 years that we, you know, hadn't been together and everything. So we're, so we're definitely really are having different. this full circle thing happening right now. Yes, it's very, very strange. <laughs> It's very weird. He actually is sort of pushing me. He he kind of wants to do a hunting human too after all these years. And the question is, could I get back into that mindset? I mean, I started a hunting humans too a, a long, like probably 20 years ago, and I have sort of the plot of it and everything. But the question is, could I get back into that really kind of you know sociopathic mind space um, to to do another to do it too? I don't know. Cause he's actually in better shape than he was back then. It's it's a little embarrassing looking at him now and looking at myself and going. Why, why did why did he get better looking? I didn't. I don't know. <laughs> but he's ripped now. He's like in, he's he's you know much more muscular. He's thinner. Looks looks a lot better than I mean he looked good back then. Now he looks better. I was gonna say he did. He's not exactly unpleasant on the eyes in the first place. No, no, that's that's the crazy part. Now he's better looking. You know, I mean, <laughs> oh, man, he's it's he's not like a fine wine. <laughs> Men tend to do that sometimes. We we appreciate. Are you that. saying I'm not a man? So. Is that what you're saying? No, I just said men, and you can take it how you leave it. I, you know, everyone has their own way of expressing themselves and being pretty. Right. Just like yours is a little bit darker and has clowns and uh, people hunting people and weird dark forests. So you know, we're we're we're, we're, (laughs) yeah, people do. Right. So uh, the funny part is that I know you know honestly that that movie you know did well with it. It you know we got. It was my first movie, and uh, like my, I, I had a, a sales rep back then, who was pretty shocked that our the, the offer we got was for more money than the movie cost us. He's like, you know, first-time filmmakers don't make their money back. That's just not a thing that happens. So the fact that we got picked up, it got put out, you know, it was in the blockbusters and the Hollywood videos and stuff, and uh, you know, it did well enough that I got you know an, an, an investor for Fair Clowns, which had a, a higher budget than that, um, still very low budget, but a higher budget. But then it really, the whole thing didn't really fully take off until that serial killer got busted. I don't know if you read about that. The serial killer actually got caught with hunting humans in his truck. Oh, no, I did not hear about that. Really? Yeah, just Google hunting humans, Adam Leroy Lane, and you'll see they caught this guy. And in his truck, along with, like, his knives and his choke wire and his mask and Uh, stuff, he had a DVD player, and hunting humans was in that DVD player. Oh, my God. So all of a sudden they were playing. yeah, they were it's playing not... my movie on CNN and 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 Dateline and Nightline. Damn. All these things were showing clips from my movie, well, and uh, I was getting a lot of people. Where's the real where I can see all these clips, though? I mean, uh, wow. I have couple of them on my website on YouTube. If you go to YouTube, I, I, you know, I, 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 I don't know. I apologize because I should have known that. Um, oh no, I, I, I'm kind of surprised because it's it was big news there for a little while. So and actually, yeah, that, that no. was the time. I hadn't been talking to Gans in a while, and he just emailed me out of the blue and said, man, did you see this? What do you think about this? This is crazy. And I was like, yeah. And then he went back to not talking to me again for 10 years. Uh, it was kind of crazy. Wow. Well, um, yeah. you go now, on the Wikipedia 
on the Wikipedia site, there's um, links to episodes about that case, and I yeah. presume that's probably covered. So it has a link to a Dateline NBC, and I think I actually watched the Nightmare Next Door episode on this case, yep. and they also yep. based an episode of Castle um, on this guy. So uh, yeah, there's a whole bunch of like you can work backwards from the Wikipedia page yeah. down at the resources at the bottom. Raven is our true crime thing? expert. She knows everything uh-huh. about true crime. Everything. So. I love it. Well, the thing that bothered me about him was clearly he didn't pay enough attention to my movie because he got caught doing something stupid, and that's one of Eric Blue's uh-huh. rules, you know, don't be stupid. And he tried to rape a girl. You know, listen, if you're gonna if you're gonna be a serial killer, just be a serial killer. Don't be a rapist and a serial killer. Come on. Uh-huh. So he got busted uh, trying huh. to do that. Wow. Well, we all yeah. have flaws, wow. right? Um, Damn. <laughs> Jeez, man. That's very dark, but it's also kind of interesting and actually kind of fits in with our whole theme this year. So, uh, um, so it, but you know, it, it's not the movie's fault. Oh, no, no. Right. I of never, yeah. I never, uh, it, some people ask me whether I felt bad, you know, like, like I had caused it. And I'm like, listen, if it's not, if it's not that, it'll be, you know, some other movie or book or something, you know, basically people yeah. latch on like that you know somebody will have you know so i i don't feel bad about that at all and, and I, honestly, i'm a I star the of the video nasty so i you know i i'm immediately going to be defend defend the film <laughs> and their right. content and, and their right to exist because believe me some of the movies i watch and love are let's just say some people would probably throw me in jail and lock away the key going what the fuck <laughs> you know speaking of hunting humans though um nathan hamilton who's on a, a correspondent on our show and he's been on a regular basis this summer helping us out with the wrestling uh the summer of death series uh he actually worked at a hollywood video and was one of the first films he actually put in was hunting humans wow nice yeah so we thought that was pretty funny because he's like, yeah, Kevin Kangas, that sounds familiar. And I told him about the movie, and he was like, oh, yeah. And I was like, yeah, totally. So, uh, oh, we have a caller. Should we take him? I think we should take sure. him. Sure. All right, hold on to your butts. I'll be right back. 270. Hello, you're on with the Sexy Ooh. Witches. Hello. Can everybody Hello? hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Hello. Who Who is this? How are y'all doing? Yeah. Fine. Who are you? This is Wes Jones of Real Talk, a movie podcast. And I just had to say something to Kevin real quick. Yeah. How are you, Wes? Man, I'm doing good. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. I thought Kevin and I had this monogamous director (laughs) podcast relationship going. Uh Uh I'm tuning on the radio. And I hear Kevin on your guys' show. But, Kevin, I have to say, thus far the podcast, their their show is more interesting. They have better hosts. They have your hosts, apparently. So um, I understand why you're doing this. So you're forgiven. Well, you know, they're, they're prettier He's than you guys. too much director sure. for one oh, podcast. <laughs> no, I'm I sure they are not. I mean, since really your show started, and I just thought I'd call in and, and mess with Kevin for a minute and just tell you guys you're doing a, a great job. And um, I and remember you tonight. from back in the day. We actually met on fucking MySpace. 
Who, yeah. you and Wes? <laughs> uh, that's how long. You, it's you a met thank what, you. You met Wes on MySpace? Yes. Back Holy in the cow. day. I don't, I don't think I've ever had MySpace. I'm calling from uh, Bowling Green, Kentucky. I thought it was. I thought you were on MySpace. I, I remember we've known each other for a while. When did we first talk? I don't like, know. In passing. But anyway, <laughs> I'm so glad you're listening in. Thank you. It's like nobody and I just kill him. You call, you call me all the good hosts, and I just kill the show dead. Hey. Um, <laughs> so, so what? Since you were so nice and, and called in and, and teased my guests, but then get them off the hook. So thank you for that. Um, do you have anything you want to plug or, or promote while you're on my show? Oh, uh, I really appreciate that. I really didn't call in to do that. Uh, Kevin tweeted out that plug he was going to be on stuff. your show. And I'll do it. If you have it. a I'll question okay. for Kevin, please do so. Because he's under our oh, control that, that, for the next uh, 10, 20 minutes still. So. <laughs> well, I've well, been on their show uh, a couple I times. Uh, I did their Alien episode, which was a lot of fun to do. Um, but yeah, they they have a very fun show. They're a fun bunch of guys, except for that one guy. We won't name we won't name him. <laughs> Team man, we won't name. Oh, well, I just did. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll take just a second and and just plug our show. We're uh, Real Talk. That's R E E L. Uh, a movie podcast, and we actually got going during the pandemic as well. I heard the gentleman talking earlier about, uh, you know, the one good thing that came out of the pandemic. Well, that was for us as well, uh, was being uh, was able to get our podcast off the ground. You can find us pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts. But, uh, yeah, Kevin has been uh, – uh, I'll tell a quick story. Maybe your, your listeners will enjoy uh, back in the – early 2000s uh, the actual the the guys that are co-hosts on my show we went to the movie uh, rental store hollywood video and we were walking around trying to find a movie to watch and for some reason fear of clowns just stuck out on the shelf and we got it we we watched it that night we had a few adult beverages as we watched the movie we had a great time with it kind of forgot about the movie for a while then i see fear of clowns 2 is coming out and uh kevin's got a website so i ordered the movie from the website the autograph version i still have it here and then kevin no offense but once again i forgot about you for a very long time you were and better once off. we got a show <laughs> once we got a show going and we were trying to think of like people that we would like to talk to, and I was like, man, I wonder if Kevin Kangas is still around. And I looked him up, and he was, and I reached out to him. He took forever to get back to me, but we finally got him on our show. And uh, and now I just kind of consider him a, a friend, a buddy, and uh, we interact a lot. So uh, anyway, that's my that's my story. I hope your audience isn't asleep. Oh yeah. No. Believe me, if it if they're asleep, it's not because of you, sir. Thank you for coming in and supporting indie horror as and indie horror directors like Kevin. Um we we need people we need good voices out there and so thank you for that. Yeah. You know, no, I, I'm just I'm just one girl that's obsessed with just my own voice and 
talking shit for two hours. You guys actually put effort into your show. <laughs> so, so thank you. So. Well, no, I appreciate you taking my call. Y'all have a, a y'all. That's a Kentucky word. You have a great rest oh, of the, I, I, the I, evening I lived, and enjoy I lived your in, conversation. Maybe that's where we met. I lived in Park City, so maybe that's where we met. Maybe we met in person. Uh, maybe that's literally thirty minutes down the road. Yeah, I work for the park. I work for Mammoth Cave. Oh, oh, well, that's small awesome. world. Yeah, it's yeah. small world, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. We know yeah, three people. You know everyone. World. So anyway, have fun down in Bowling that's Green. True. I love it down there. Kind of miss it. So and um, thank you for calling. Have a good evening. Thanks, man. Yes. Have a good night. See y'all. Good night. That was an awesome phone call, Kevin. You have a fan base. <laughs> yeah, they're very cool over there. Yeah, I enjoy that talk. We're actually, I, I will probably go back when they do the Aliens because that's one of my all-time favorite movies, top two. So awesome. Mm. A- Aliens is my pick for the bracket, probably. Um, not that I should be talking right about on. that for my for my contest. So that's the film I'm going to battle with. Nice. It yeah, is amazing. So it is amazing. It, it, it's one of my favorite uh, horror films of all time. Five times. Yeah, the sun, that summer it came out. I thought five times. It still holds the record for the emotion. oh, in the theater, right on. Yeah, in the theater. Yeah. So, nice. Awesome. Excellent. It's actually now Park because I just saw Jurassic Park at a drive-in recently. So now Jurassic Park is tied. So I wish they'd re-release Aliens so I could go back and make it number one again. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that is awesome. Uh, I, we're we're all huge uh, drive-in fans and uh, retro yeah. movie mm-hmm. fans here. And um, uh, between myself and and um, Aaron, we probably have seen every single Mystery Science Theater three thousand, probably twice at least. Hey, me too. Wow. Yeah. Well, Raven, yeah. That's true. So you know, uh, that's true. But and I mean, film crew and yeah. dude, I went to I went all the way to Seattle just to. Say hi to J. Elvis Weinstein smoking a cigarette behind the theater. <laughs> like, come on! I went to go meet Frankie Trace at the um, at the Frida, That's right. and I took a picture where they ignored me because whenever mm-hmm. I meet a celebrity, I want them distracted and looking at something else. Um, mm-hmm. So I collect pictures of me uh, next to celebrities that are actively ignoring me. But anyway, but, you know, I love MST3K. But, but it's what was, you know, but the, here's the thing, and this is what makes us, and I would say, Kevin, even, uh, you can tell me if this is, uh, you noticed. I actually saw a lot of those films before they were on the show. Mm-hmm. Like, because right. I worked at a, um, well, I, uh, because, well, it wasn't that I worked with one, but there was ample mom and pop VHS stores within easy walking and driving distance of my house, and they had, Everything, including and Kevin's movies would be on the shelves. Did you have the experience of the VHS? Um, where did you get your influence for your um, your style of film, Kevin? Like you, you clearly do have your own style going on, and you have influences. But what is what 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 where do you where where do you check yourself? What where do you see you, yourself fitting in in the, the subgenre? Mine are clearly all coming from an 80s – this is, you know, just going to show how incredibly old I am. But, um, <laughs> you know, the 80s stuff where, you know, it, it predated the VHS stuff because, like, this is from a time period where it would hit the movie theater and then it wouldn't see cable for, like, three years. 
it would all of a sudden you'd see this movie, you know, you're like, oh, I want to see Halloween. You heard about it, but, you know, I couldn't go. My parents were pretty religious, so we never got to see R-rated cool movies. So we'd always mm-hmm. catch them, like, two or three years later on HBO or Showtime because they were, like, the only two channels other than, like, Cinemax and the movie channel. There was four four channels back then that actually showed movies. And uh, you'd have to catch uh-huh. those, but we'd have to parents were gone to, to watch them. So, you know, I saw like Friday the 13th. I still vividly remember basically that was getting ready to come on and the ice cream man, we heard him outside and we're like, oh, we got to go mm-hmm. ice cream. Brandon got ice cream because our parents were gone. <laughs> we came back and Friday the 13th, the first one scared the shit out of us, you know, because we were Hi. probably, I don't know, 11 years old, something like that. So, uh, time to you know, watch it. <laughs> yeah. So it's those kinds of movies, you know, and then all of a sudden VHS came, but, you know, VHS was, that was the time where they were pretty, it was VHS was battling beta for dominance. So my oh, friend yeah. had a beta machine. So my next your neighbor had the beta. <laughs> right, right. So, I mean, that kind of thing, you know, we'd, we'd end up, my my friend, my best friend, his mom was a waitress. She was never home, so we could watch whatever we wanted at his house, but we'd have to get the beta version because they had a beta machine. So that hmm. that sort of is where it comes from. So the 80s, uh, the 80s stuff is really where clearly, it, it's not like I studied it, but I just watched so much of it that I think it's just built into my DNA at this point. So I think I have a bit of an 80s sensibility coupled with the fact that I've been a voracious reader since I was like, you know, probably 10 years old. I read sci-fi, horror, fantasy um, that I found in my dad's box. And I just started, I I went to the library all the time and I always had a book with me. So I think it's just sort of the the smashing together of the the 80s movies and then all of the books and things that I've read. So that's our Generation X. That's what we do though. And this is what I've always found. The one common thread with what informs our art is we've seen and digested so much of it that we take what we've seen, we put it into a blender, and we hit puree, and then we make something fresh and new out of it. Yeah, well, we try. The crazy part is just how often, you know, I'll I'll make something, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I like this. This is good. And I'm like – Five years later, I'll see something from the 80s that's very similar to that. I'm like, oh, my God, I think I just ripped that off, basically. I mean, obviously, I put some kind of spin on it because I didn't remember what was happening. But the fact that, you know, I didn't remember what I saw, but it left such an impression on me that somehow I sort of did my version of it, you know. <laughs> so that, that's a little embarrassing when I notice that. I'm like, oh, man, I wish I had wish I'd had a better memory. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, nobody complained when, uh, you know, when – Jason movies ripped on Mario Bava, so you know it, it's a time honored tradition. Yeah, I think we all probably def- we do it. I just I you know I don't think we want to do it, but I think it's just uh, something you know you subconsciously oh. do. Oh, it wasn't subconscious for me. I, in my first screenplay, I totally wrote like right through. Uh, I said you know you know Empire Strikes Back lines all through it. Like <laughs> it was not it was not a. Uh, it was not. It, <laughs> it wasn't. It was yeah. well, funny. When I first started writing, I started writing a book when I was 12, and it's horrible. But because I, I didn't know how to write, I didn't really understand it. So I, what I started doing is plagiarizing. Um, one of my favorite books back then was The Sword of Shannara. So I started plagiarizing that, but just changing the names and stuff. But the good thing is, I sort of learned how to write. Like I was, uh, I was getting an idea of how he was putting together paragraphs and sentences and 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 scenes essentially in his story probably write like Terry Brooks is what I'm saying. So, <laughs> so are you going to, uh, what are you doing right now? Do you, are you, are you working on another film, a screenplay? Uh, are you uh, 
riding horses? I mean, what, 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 where are you, where are you, where, uh, where are you now? And where would you like to be now that COVID's, well, COVID's not over. I hate that because it's not. Yeah, um, COVID is better in Maryland. By the way, um, my friend Nathan, who's supposed to be calling in soon, I'm taking him to Crabtown in two weeks. Nice. You know where that is, right? Yeah, that's actually in my movie Bounty. I featured it in my movie yes, Bounty. Yes, it is. Nice. <laughs> yes, yeah. it is. Absolutely. So, uh, so you, yeah, you're 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 local to me. At least you were. That's uh, like <laughs> <laughs> I I work in Harmons, which is literally across the street from BWI. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, but um, yeah. Um, <laughs> the funny part is, I tried to actually do a movie back in what was it 2018 i guess and i mean i was two weeks away from shooting it and uh we were going to use i'm not going to name it but there's an, a there's a, a pretty well-known asylum near us i don't know if you know it but i don't want to name it because i don't want any more people going in than already go there but <laughs> essentially i put it there even though it's completely illegal um i went there did a bunch of tests at night i lit up the whole place to see whether any of the guards would do anything and they didn't so i was like ah screw it we're gonna shoot a movie here um but then uh-huh. we went out to uh, it was like a week and a half ahead of the schedule just for last looks and to make sure that I, I knew exactly what I was going to do when I was there. And we got busted by security and they said, don't come back. And I thought, oh, this is going to kill it because if I, if I bring a crew and anybody gets arrested, I don't have the kind of money to bail out every, you know, all the actors and, and crew. Um, so I ended up calling that off. It was pretty demoralizing, quite honestly, to, to put that much work into something and then have to call it off at the last minute. So between there, I actually started working on um, a territory short because this is when actually COVID hit. And I was like, well, I can probably still make a short. So uh, I was working on that. And again, the problem is locations now. You just can't, nobody wants to let you into their house with, you know, some actors and some, even a small crew like I work with. Nobody wants to, to give you any locations. So it's very hard to get. That's why, I mean, at this point, I don't know until everything irons out. All I'm doing is writing at this point. I, I always write. So I have plenty of stuff, you know, that I could do, but right now it's, there's just so much going on. And honestly, seeing how well territory two is performing really sort of pushes me toward territory three at this point, because I want to finish that story. I know where that, you know, the, I have a pretty solid um, ending for that whole thing. If you, if you watch one and two back to back and you pay a lot of attention, you'll get sort of an idea. Or if you listen to the commentary for territory two, when I eventually, Oh no, we put it on the DVD. If you listen to that commentary, you'll hear sort of, part of the story and what's actually going on so i have a really cool ending for three that i would uh to do so i feel like it's unfinished well we're all getting our groove back on i hardly did any podcast last year uh it wasn't just COVID. i am matter of fact today is the one year anniversary of my legal separation um so i i went through a divorce at the same time as going through COVID, which is as well, anyway, we all had our fights last year. <laughs> we all did. Um, but this, but at this point, you know, I think all of us are starting to get our groove back slowly. And I have a feeling because, you, you know, the more you write, the better you get, right? Or you just the more ideas come out, I should say. So if, you'll, if it feels right, you'll get behind the camera again. I have no doubt. Right. And I mean, I've, so, I've, I've tried to keep in terms of shooting, though, like I shot a video for my, uh, have you met Ronald Malfi? I'm sorry? Have you met Ronald Malfi? He, he's a horror writer, wrote like um, Floating Staircase, Night Parade, Bone White, and his new one just came out called Come With Me, 
which if you haven't looked into it, you really should. He's I, I, he's, he's, I've seen this. I saw the. Uh, uh, I read an article today on Come With Me. Um, so, yeah, it's a, um, a phenomenal book. Like you really should like do yourself a favor. It's a it's a it's a page turn. It's one of those ones you basically want to have on an airplane because that flight will go by fast. Um, nice. Anyway, he and and uh, I shot a music video for them uh, last year. You know, it was we had to do everything you know out basically outside, so we were just sort of winging it. But I think it came out pretty well, and uh, the song is really good. So I've been trying to keep busy that way, and we're talking about doing another video at this point. So still well, try awesome. to keep busy, but uh, it's hard when you get old. <laughs> oh, but you're, we're not that old because you're the same age as it. me. So <laughs> I'm still into that. Just another person looks better than I'm going to be, my birthday is in uh, 22 days from now. So I'm like having a, uh-huh. a, a, an existential crisis. And I don't even care Uh-oh. about aging. So it's kind of funny. But anyway, <laughs> I want to be an old crone. I feel like every, I, every year gets like exponentially worse as far as physical. Like mentally, I think I'm still pretty sharp, but it's just a physical. Uh, my body is like, yeah, screw you. Oh, I think it's the other way around. I'm going slowly insane. Really? Uh, I'm positive uh, on that. It's absolutely <laughs> totally going insane. Uh, Raven and I will be out in some hut in the middle of the woods somewhere, you know, taunting kids and eating them to keep ourselves young. <laughs> you know, it's going to happen. Nice. Oh, right. well, I mean, we're talking witches right it. now, but... Sexy witches eventually become crones. I'm looking forward to my crone era. <laughs> so. Uh, Good to have a plan. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. I can handle isolation just fine. Matter of fact, we're all horror geeks. We were training for this shit all our lives. Uh, yeah. You know? so, You're not wrong. Yeah, I know. So here we are. Uh, so thank you, sir. I'm so glad you came on the show finally. And um, I... So let me ask you um, before before we let you go for the night, um, what is what are you watching yourself right now? What do you, and what are you looking most forward to seeing, uh, either on the screen or streaming or whatever, whatever? Or and and and, and you already mentioned a couple books. Do you have another book you're about to dive into? Uh, yeah, honestly, some of some of the screenplays that I've written that seem like they're either going to be too hard to to do or too expensive. That's why With Teeth was a screenplay I had written about 10 years ago, but I just figured I'm never going to be able to, to make this into a movie. So eventually I sat down and said, well, I, you know, I'd like to get the story out there. So uh, I did that. So I may do another one of my expensive screenplays. Um, and I'm also actually just working on an original novel that I'm just kind of obsessed with. Um, Watching-wise, I'm really looking forward to Suicide Squad because I'm a big fan of James Gunn. So I'll watch any, anything he does, I'll watch. Um uh, as far as at home, the, the weird part is I never really even knew what Tubi or Plex or any of these places were until my movie started getting on there. And all of a sudden, now I'm looking on there, and they both have a staggering horror collection that is just so deep. Like right now, I'm actually on my screen. I paused it, but there's some movie called Galaxy of Horrors, which when I first saw it, I was like, is that Galaxy of Terror? I remember watching that in the 80s, but it's not. It's a new anthology movie. So I started watching that. Oh. I've been watching a lot of stuff on Tubi, like um, – you know, Buck Rogers I used to watch as a kid, and Fantasy Island I used to watch as a kid. So I'm kind of just streaming some of these in the background just for fun. But quite a nostalgic uh, <laughs> thing. So I'm, well, I'm overly Rogers nostalgic. Buck Rogers is amazing. I, I love Buck Rogers. I watched that shit. I went to see the pilot in the theaters. 
because it released wow. in the theaters first. I oh, actually yeah. saw it in the theaters. So I did not I got know the that. Whole, I, I just remember watching if you go to Google, there's a whole opening number to that song. It didn't play on the TV where he's rolling around oh on the big, God. big number. Like it's like his. It says Book Riders in white, and he's rolling around on it and stuff. You gotta find it. It's hysterical. Wow, that's I totally funny. remember the the lyrics. One of the lines is "Far away and far." To, holy crap! I just remembered that had lyrics. <laughs> Nice. Well, I just face vampire episode. I remember that that scared That's me as a my kid and watching one. it. It's pretty funny <laughs> watching it. Oh, he's got like one giant eyebrow, which face <laughs> vampire. I but, love the space. But Erin Gray, like she was just my wow. favorite. So beautiful. She is yes. stunning woman, and I always wanted to be her. <laughs> I didn't want to be. Well, I wanted to be her. Elvira, so you know, you can see where my uh, influences were in the eighties. So nice. <laughs> and here I am. I am the sexy witch, the head huntress, and I've been stealing Elvira's act ever since. So, uh, <laughs> you know. so thank you, my dear, for calling in. I'm gonna set you free. Are you still in Maryland, or are you like out west somewhere? No, I'm still in Maryland. Yeah, I'm like 10 minutes away from Crabtown. So, I mean, you can, you know, you got my number now. If you want to text me and well, I'm around. Well, shit. Uh, <laughs> I will be at Crabtown on the 19th with my co, one of our co-hosts who's calling in right now. So, stand line what just for a second longer. Uh, that is ne- uh, two Thursdays from now. So, hello, yeah. sir. You're 678. You're on with the Sexy Witches. Well, hello, Sexy Witches, and hello, Kevin. How's everyone doing tonight? Oh, excellent. This is our final. We could end have of used you earlier. There was oh, a fight can... that uh, needed sorry. calling, Nathan. Uh, sorry, my yeah. job was using me earlier. <laughs> oh. It almost Kevin, got real was, up in I here. One, Kevin, I was the one she was talking about that was used to work at uh, Hollywood Video. And oh, yeah? she said you were coming on the show, and she's like, I'm like, Hunting Human. Is that the same movie? Because. Like, I've seen approximately 173 million movies and have a shit memory, but I, for some reason I remember covers that I put on the shelf a million times, and I immediately remembered the cover to that movie. That I, haven't that seen it, like, I haven't seen it in 20 years, but I immediately remembered what the box looked like. Right. Nice. So, excellent. Um, so, before um, Kevin, we're, Nathan is flying in, and... Um, He's actually calling a wrestling death match in, in North Carolina that weekend, but he's coming up here first. And so as wow. he gets off the plane on the, uh, on the 19th, we are going to go have a, a early dinner at Crabtown. So if you want nice. to come and play some pinball with us, you know where we you are. Text, I, I, could, I could probably, depending on what time and what's going on, I could probably come down and uh, eat some mozzarella sticks. They got good mozzarella sticks there. Yeah, we're only going to spend an hour or two there because we have a long road trip ahead of us cool. the next day. But we're definitely going to have some crabs and maybe a Bloody Mary or two and definitely play some pinball. You cool, yeah, text me or message on Facebook and I'll let you know whether I can make it. Uh, that would be awesome. So you have a good one. And, you uh, too. 
And thank you for once again calling on the show. I'm sure we're going to bump into each other in a convention in the near future. I am going to Monster Mania in, um, in Hunts Valley in September. Me too. On Saturday I'll well, be there. Yep. Well, I will be there with my evil genius. Somebody will probably see me. Awesome. Well, thanks Make for sure having you me. Say hi. Thank you. I'll talk to you later. Well, too. All righty. Right, see you. Bye. So. So nice to have a person, a director, a local director to me on the show. I haven't had one in a while, guys. Yeah. Very cool. Awesome. And he's just the beginning because we got a few more things. Now, my sexy witch Raven, she's going to have to go for a little while. She's about to sign off. But before you do, we have one, two orders of business to go over. One, mm-hmm. I forgot to mention at the top of the show that the Mahonic drive-in was saved. Yay! Woo! And um, and it and yeah. it's really what Nathan said about like the evil corporation being a, a, a solar panel farm. Well, they didn't want to be seen as an evil corporation, so they pulled out of the deal completely. Um, and nice. it ended with the best possible scenario in that the, now the owner of the land is trying to make a deal so the uh, driving can buy itself. So, fingers crossed. So, it's safe for now. They're having a big party. uh, I don't know they had a big party on Monday. Uh, (laughs) So, it was pretty cool. So, The drive-in will never die. No. And the Mahonic is exactly, I mean, Joe Bob was fucking there. (laughs) It was, like, ridiculous. So, everyone that's on the Sexy Witches gets a moniker eventually, right? Uh, you know, we got the Ravens, the Enchantress of Nevermore. Aaron has been several of them, but lately he's been uh, the Pigta- Captain Pigtails in uh-huh. the FP movies, or he's also, uh, what was it, uh, the Sexy Warlock of Orange County, because he's uh, where he lives. So Nathan's been on the show on and off for years, but he's been doing a summer correspondence with me with the Summer of Death, which leads into the madness. So as we've been covering... Uh, professional wrestling's resurgence in popular culture. This is a fandom that I haven't explored in a long-ass time, but it's been kind of fun doing. Uh, so um, he he gets a sexy witch moniker. It's time. So you, are you ready, yeah. Raven and Aaron, for the new... Yeah. I'm ready. I think I'll let Nathan go ahead and say it himself. Because he's one of the first sexy witches that actually came up with his own name. Oh, it doesn't happen very yeah. often. So I didn't even know that was an option. Uh, it's not, it's yeah, not, I didn't it, either. It wasn't. It isn't usually an option. So wow, kind of, special yeah, treatment. So it's, 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 uh, well, <laughs> well, we won't go there. Uh, <laughs> so. All right, Nathan. Why don't you reveal your coven name? For archivist bets on sexy witches. Now that you're one of us, one of us, one of us, one of us, we accept you. We accept you. Let me say first, I am honored to kind of officially go from frequent guest to an official sexy witch. That's awesome. And so, I believe here to here to four on the show, I'll be Nathan Hamilton, the Dirty South Sorcerer. Nice. It's it's very fitting. So, uh, 
the Dirty South Sorcerer. We don't have any sorcerers yet on the show. We've had wizards and we've had warlocks and, and enchantresses and witches, obviously. Mm-hmm. So he's our first sorcerer. So welcome. And he wears he does wear a top hat. He doesn't wear it. So, you know, he's a very tall hat. So Perfect. It, it works, right? And it's not quite Good. wizardy. Sure. Yeah, sure. So, Raven, I'm gonna, I guess you're going to go for the night. Is there any... Thing you want to plug or or shout out to before you go? Oh, jeepers! Um, yeah, let's see. I don't know. It's crazy here because it it's acting like things are opening up, but I'm not sure if that's really going to be the case. Our um, Delta variant numbers are jumping up like by 51 percent every day. Um, so there's some things events just starting to get going right now um but nothing like there's really nothing happening in portland yeah it was sad because um i was looking forward to sharing some auditions uh for some like cult musicals but someone came to auditions without a mask at a local theater company and was the cause of a new outbreak, and now all the oh. theater people are afraid to audition for stuff. Oh, great. So, um, yeah, I don't know what's going to be happening with the online versus in person, because this is right when people start getting their Halloween shit and spooky shit together. That Jekyll and Hyde thing that I was talking about, that's still going on, because um, right now they're rehearsing virtually, which is really smart, and it will probably open um, at the end towards the end of um, October, and that one has a female jekyll, which should be pretty fun, but um, no firm dates on anything yet. I'll keep you posted as I find it out. Okay. That's great. And, you know, of course... Before you go, before you go, Raven, Mm -hmm. I totally want to second your recommendation of the uh, Woodstock 99. That was a great documentary. Yeah, that was amazing. Thanks. Yeah, now Nathan said it too, so everyone has to. Double you kind of got the line on the good music documentaries because you were the one that turned me on to Summer of Soul too. So it's true. I like good music documentaries, and I, I'm the format is really important to me. And I watched so many bad ones that when something like Summer of Soul or this um, music box series comes on, I'm just I'm there for it. They stand out just head and shoulders above the rest. Well, you take it easy, and you have the next Sexy Witch episode off, and we will see you at the Brian Trenchard-Smith interview, I am sure. Awesome. Sounds great. He he wouldn't do it without you, I'm sure. I mean, yeah, that's he, he, right. I, I told you that he <laughs> sent me a picture of the, the deers eating the apples in his backyard. Oh, no, I didn't, but he likes sharing pictures of the little baby deer that come over to his house. It's really sweet. Yeah, no, because he did that on our show live, and he sent me a picture of that day. Oh, cute. Mm. I don't like yeah, that. So I'll awesome. have to forward it to you. So you take it easy, yeah. and and and, and um, we will work on the madness and get you, you know, from we'll, we'll get you, we'll get you in the right mindset for Halloween. Perfect. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, guys, I'll miss you. I'll see you soon. Talk to you later, sweetie. Bye. Take care. Thank you. You too.
Don't do anything I wouldn't do. And now there's only <laughs> two sexy witches. So um, now, Aaron, are you going to stay on the line with us, or are you going? To... No, no, I'm going to let you go. But I, I, I love your new moniker, and uh, uh, welcome. Thank you. Our yeah. and so I must thank you, have I must thank you for making my day with the news that we're getting New Archer this month. Yes, yes, yes. Um, the trailer uh, is looks like they're taking them a whole another new direction. I know a lot of Archer fans got very upset when Archer wasn't in the spy trade, so we'll have to see how fans take this uh, new detour. But I'm looking forward to it. Um, didn't his mom die in real life? Yeah, the actor who plays his mom has yeah. died. But uh, I can tell you from having seen the trailer. Uh, she's at least part of the season. Uh, and I'm I'm thinking that's actually probably why they didn't do a panel this year at uh, Comic-Con at home. She was also on Arrested Development. She's well, kind of the funniest yes. thing on both of those shows. Yeah, hard to argue. So, well, Marin, you take it easy. Thank you for your recap of Comic-Con. Um, we will have to My talk soon because the, um, the FP3 is coming up. And we should talk about – I got to get you in, incorporated in that somehow. I don't know how. But Absolutely. I, 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 I got to talk to Jason and get you get you in there somehow, like some kind of featured something. No worries. Maybe you could be a no judge worries. on one of the costume contests or something. So That would be amazing. Yeah, so well, have a good be, rest of the show, you too. And, and someday you'll be on Facebook again, not in Facebook exile. Um, yes. In the meantime, <laughs> um, you can find him on the Twitters where? I am uh, – uh, let's see. It's Aaron Sama1313, which is uh, – you can reach me at gmail.com. But uh, I'm uh, Captain Antifa, not just Antifa, on Twitter. All right. He's got a very weird. And if you don't know how to find him, talk to me. I'll show you how to find him. Anyway, thank you, Aaron, and have a good evening. Peace out. He's out. And he disappears in the puff of smoke. It's just down to one sexy witch. You're all alone. Yeah, well, I can handle that. (laughs) (laughs) I ain't scared. We actually have much, much talk about because the summer of uh, like when we first started calling this year the summer of the um, the summer the summer of death it was kind of a joke, but then everybody started calling it the summer of death and it actually really has been the summer of death because for the first time I think in my life I saw an actual death match on national television. Was I did I remember that correctly? Did that really happen? Uh, yeah, that was not a dream. I had to, you know, pinch myself a few times during that. Like, if you had told me back in, like, 2001, 2002, when I was first really getting into deathmatch stuff and, like, downloading CZW matches on LimeWire and that kind of stuff, like, if you had told me, hey, you know that Nick Gage guy? Like, 20 years from now, he's going to be on the biggest wrestling TV show on mainstream cable wrestling Chris Jericho. I would have told you you were fucking nuts. I mean, well, I mean, AEW is really hot, and that particular episode was the fourth most watched episode they've ever had, and the fastest rising audience. Like it had from the from the week before, it had the biggest spike, even though it wasn't the top 
watch, if you know what I'm saying. And and then the demographic they needed the most, 18 to 49-year-olds. So they're slaying it. Meanwhile, we've heard rumor that WWE is letting go of all their talent. And they did let go of someone. They, someone actually wrote me about it today. <laughs> which one was that? Was it uh, uh, Bray Wyatt or Ric Flair? Because they've released both of them this week. Well, no, it was Brent Wyatt, the, the first guy. Uh, yeah, Bray know. Wyatt, the fiend, a very horror-inspired character. And I, so, I like, I think they just got rid of the entire horror quotient from WWE, pretty much. Well, we'll take them. I what? Don't get rid of the horror. That upsets me, actually. Uh, <laughs> I love horror shit. Yeah, he was. They, they, for years, he's kind of been positioned like as kind of maybe the successor to the Undertaker, not in the sense that he's a figure of that stature, but as, like, the spooky guy of WWE, you know? But now, now there really isn't. Well, eh, whatever. Death matches are for children anyways, not WWE. Like, Because, so. you know, <laughs> exactly. But then, here's the thing. Um, first of all, before we, we actually talk, I wanted to actually talk a bit about what we saw as a death on television. But before that, the on not on television – Nick Gage was in the, uh, his his uh, home promotion, uh, GCW, and he lost a match to Matt Cardona, who used to be on WWE, to much, much controversy. He didn't just lose the match. He lost the GCW World Heavyweight Championship to Matt Cardona, who in WWE was known as Zack Ryder. And he is very much the um, antithesis of what you normally see in GCW. GCW is very gritty. GCW is very, you know, violent and, you know, hard-hitting type of wrestling, you know. And then you get this dude who was all kinds of flashy. and Even for WWE, he was flashy. Like he, he's, and he's, like, one of the predominant toy collectors. He's got a huge podcast and YouTube channel and all that. And he came in and beat Nick Gage in a death match. Well, thanks to... 440, who's a group of uh, guys from Ohio. Fuck Ohio. But, yeah, they, he took the championship, and he did exactly what he said he was going to do, and two days later took pictures with the belt in Disneyland. So so there was this huge controversy going into um, the death match on AEW. Uh, matter of fact, they even make jokes about it during that particular match, which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, but uh, the reviews ended up coming back from, like, a lot of people assumed that people were going to not like it, but the reviews came back very positively. Um, the audience loved it in live, and the ratings were great. And and us old jaded people, or at least you're the jaded one, I'm relatively new to this game, but I also, now I think I've watched enough of these, I can appreciate a good death match. I didn't, I, it was kind of, it was exactly what he wanted in national television. I really do feel it. That's my review of it. Because it wasn't the death match that we know Nick Gage can give. But it was the closest we were going to get on national television in primetime. And, and he actually got to show people, like, it was kind of like the variety box, Nathan. It's like in a cereal, right? A little bit of everything. Yeah, we got, you know, we... I was impressed. I really was. And I was impressed with Chris Jericho because, oh God, I mean, right. this guy's, you know, he's old as shit. 
<laughs> I don't don't mean that in the uh, derogatory way. For wrestling, he's old, and he's been doing it forever. He doesn't have to go do stuff like that. But you know what? He went in there and he straight up did a death match. Pizza cutter, light tubes, barbed wire, you know, sheet, uh, painted glass, like the whole nine. He bled all over the place. He he impressed me. I did not expect him to go as hard as he did. I, I fell in love with Derrico during this match because he really did go all out. And one of the things I did like about this match too, obviously uh, I like how it started it, it started without it actually was a ground wrestle for a few minutes and they even let Nick Gage throw some real wrestling moves in there to show he could do it. Um, and during the deathmatch sequences, they actually took advantage of the agility of Jericho and there were some pretty spectacular stunts towards the end of that. Uh, like the one where he jumped off the top rope and smashed into the glass, pane of glass, classic deathmatch crash, but he used his own, what's, he, 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 he did, Jericho did his own move with it that was just the most beautiful thing I had ever seen. And I'm sure you know the name of the move because I don't right now. But, yeah, he, um, he busted out a top rope Hurricane Rana, that, and I haven't seen him do that since, like, WCW. He hasn't done that in forever. I, I've never seen anything like that before. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's I, an impressive move. I'm like, and, again, I love watching him bust out stuff he hasn't done in forever because he is the man of a 1,004 holds. He is the man of armbar. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Hours. Um, uh, I, I, oh my god no, I, I've been shown that clip now And I kind of fell in love with that clip uh, I remember I didn't get Jericho I got Jericho in the late in the game This is actually the most I've actually Paid attention to Jericho ever Is AW So it's, it's, it's learning This guy did everything He went all in um, he still is. He had a match tonight with one of his old school guys from uh, the, I guess, the WCW days. Is that when he was wrestling? Yeah, Juventud Guerrera. Juventud Guerrera, um, which I watched that match before we went on air, uh, and it was pretty good. And then he has to wrestle Wardlow next week, so um, he's done that before. We'll see what happens there. <laughs> so anyway, hey, well, one of my favorite things about that Chris Jericho and Nick Gage match and. I I like to think it was a happy accident just because I like to think things like that happen in this universe, but I think someone backstage is just a genius, is we see Nick Gage carving up Chris Jericho with a pizza cutter. And then uh, Jim Ross says, we'll go into our restaurant quality picture in picture. And while he's got a pizza cutter on Jericho's head, we see a pizza cutter going through a delicious Domino's pizza on the commercial. At the same um, time, we all saw it. We all blew up when that happened. Um, I it, it, I shared the meme of it today uh, for the show. Uh, you know, you heard about the aftermath of that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Domino's is not happy. No, they're not happy. But there's been a side effect of this because. Um, uh, I, I forget, but there's a close-up shot of someone drinking a PBR during the during uh, the show this mm-hmm. during the Nick Gage show, and so PBR was like, "Well, we'll Ooh. do it, right?" PBR is now officially signed as a sponsor of AEW, and they haven't sponsored a sports team, I think, in like like 
30 years, something like that. So that's, in, good. that's interesting. Yeah. Because PBR <laughs> was part of the feud between Matt Cardona and Nick Gage. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, Matt that's Cardona's it. a big yeah. PBR guy, that's and so that, that's beer. an interesting callback to that, too. Yeah, no, PBR huh. is now officially a sponsor of AEW. I, I know. I, and, I'm like, and Matt Cardona, the day after that show, Matt Cardona put out a picture of, on Twitter of them eating Domino's pizza while wearing the GCW belt. So everyone's having fun with that. <laughs> of course they are. Though I will have to say, Matt Cardona really sold his pain during their death match because he was streaking during the entire thing. <laughs> yeah, and I'll get I'll give it to him too. He went harder it was than a I really expected. Good match. Like dude was dude was his shirt was white when he went in there. Yeah, well, it that's was not when he so, came out. To watch those two matches back to back, I will tell you, the one that took the hardest bumps was clearly Matt Cardona. He got his ass kicked. He got full on the gauge. Uh, you know, Jericho didn't quite get full on the gauge, but he didn't really pull his punches either. He just was just enough. Like he's smart. He knows the limits of what he needs to do and when. And and if anybody there's one thing you cannot say about Nick Gage. He doesn't know his audience. He definitely knows his audience. His audience knows him. They they have this relationship that I've never seen in any wrestling promotion, let alone anywhere. I mean, really, right? No. I mean, I've only seen wrestlers like in major wrestlers in major companies like WWE and AEW and don't have the New Japan. Like a lot of them would kill to have the relationship with the fans that Nick Gage does. It, it's crazy. You called it a folk hero almost, and it, it kind of is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's crazy how his fans, like, they, he couldn't even get to the ring in the Matt Cardona yes. uh, match because they were, they were mobbing him. Oh, they're going to rip him apart. And, and because of the, I, I think his dark side of the ring also did, you know, went a long way into getting him over in the mainstream because if you think about it, like detractors like, you know, Mr. Cornette, they will say that, yes, the Nick Gage episode was the lowest rated one of this season. But the love, that still means millions of people saw it. That's right. And if you, ta- if you take the millions that saw that and compare that to the thousands that end up seeing, like, GCW just had the largest deathmatch crowd at a deathmatch show in America, and it was just over 1,000 people. So you take that audience and then look at the millions who saw that. That's a lot of new eyes that, like, didn't know deathmatch wrestling was even a thing before. And and people found it entertaining, and that was exactly what it was supposed to do. And it was so much fun. And um, wrestling this year is going through some kind of odd renaissance, and not just AEW, a lot of the lower, the smaller promotions. GCW is going through an obvious renaissance, and uh, we've been we went to several couple of matches. You got TPW is doing their thing down south, and uh, Carnage Cup is coming up as well. So, I mean, there's a lot of movement going on. Absolutely, Deathmatch is right now the hottest it has ever been in America. I mean, there was a time in let's say the. 2005, 2006, somewhere around there when like CZW and IWA Deep South were going, but even at that point, it wasn't as hot as it is now. 
Like it's it's, it's ridiculous. If there's any <laughs> doubt that it's actually be, kind of become mainstream, it, it hit AEW. Uh, and but you know that wasn't even like the 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 most important thing that happened that night. And and I want to talk about something else that happened during that show. Uh, a few we talked about it briefly uh, a while back. You mentioned on the show when Dan Wilson was on the show um, that uh, Jericho had trademarked the phrase "hidden do- uh, forbidden door," which is when you know promotion cross promotions happen, which is a big no no usually. Well, on that episode, not only was the forbidden door opened, it was smashed apart because yeah, at there, that moment there is no on, more forbidden door. There is no more Forbidden Door. I mean, we were already having Moxley do GCW and and other indie uh, deathmatch this summer. Kenny Omega's got four promotional belts. I mean, it was already happening, but that particular episode had New Japan Pro Wrestling represented, which is one of the biggest promotions in Japan. GCW Deathmatch Wrestling had their biggest star. And, of course, AEW is now sending Lance Archer back over to Japan to defend his title, which he just won from Moxley. Uh, so, uh, not, this- not only was New Japan represented, a New Japan championship changed hands on an AEW show. That's unheard of. And then Lance Archer is going to fly out and defend it against one of the uh, the, the most what you know who it is? I always I, their names always. It, there's a I'm totally terrible at the Japanese names. Who is he defending the title against? It's like legendary oh God, guy with you, blonde hair, huh? I'm sorry. Oh God! If you I can't remember at the moment. If you hadn't oh. asked me, I could have told you. Oh, you totally know who it is usually. Oh, now I know. I I'm blanking at the moment. Oh my God! It's been we a long are, day. Oh no! We're we're losing our audience. Ah. Archer title no. by Japan. Uh, see if I can find it. Oh, no. Hiroshi. It's Tanahashi. It's Hiroshi Tanahashi. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what right. I just found. Uh, Lance. Oh, and he won. Lance Archer retains IWGP US title at AEW Fight for. So Hiro- he actually defended it against Hiroshi Tanahashi. So and Hiroshi Tanahashi, I couldn't remember his name, which is terrible, and it's my fault, and that's bad, and I should do my homework better than that because I knew I was going to talk about him tonight. But like he's a legend in New Japan. Like like this is not like you know this. What would be the equivalent of wrestling him in America? Be like who who would we consider like maybe their version of Jericho. There's really no one over there. There's no one over here who can really. And no, that match hasn't happened yet. That's on August 4th, uh, oh. New Japan Pro Wrestling Resurgence. Oh, but, okay. Um, it would almost be like, because Tanahashi is a legend at the level. It would almost be like wrestling John Cena. Yeah. Like okay. someone on that level. Because Tanahashi is like. Um, he's a mainstream star in Japan, even he like kind of like you know the guys like him and The Rock who cross over. He's he's probably the considered the biggest legend currently still active in New Japan. But like, he's had a legendary career. I, I, I don't even remember how many times he held the IWGP Championship. He's done everything there is to do over there. Well, that's 
I can't wait to find that. It, it's amazing. So the, it's not just the forbidden door was opened. It was smashed apart. It's gone. There is more, no more door. And, and I think that wrestling is going to be better for it. I think that it's going to cause more. I think the smaller wrestling promotions will be able to support each other without fear of retaliation from each other because they'll all, everyone will be sharing and we're one, and, and, and we should be a big, happy deathmatch family. You know what I'm oh, saying? there's nothing wrong with a little interpromotional rivalry. Oh, rivalries right, are fine. Trying to destroy each other's promotions or not. We're not Vince McMahon here. That yeah, no, none of us are Vince. <laughs> none Fuck of us are billionaires guy. in the match game. No, that's true. He actually is really, really. He's he for something. He, you know, you got to give him credit. He knows what he was doing. So, but fuck that guy. Seriously, fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> I can say you can't say it. You got to be neutral and shit because you actually call death matches and do voice and do ring announcing. Someday you might want to be on WWE. Who knows? I can still say fuck Vince McMahon. Okay, that's true, because he doesn't Fuck really care about Fuck that guy. I'm never going to end up working with Vince McMahon. Come on now. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. So um, you act, So we actually have a real quick th- a calendar to go over, uh, Nathan, before we go tonight, because um, between this show and what you're doing, we both have full dance cards. So we're going to yes, we close do. out tonight's show with something we haven't done in forever, and that is a community calendar, which goes back to the first season when I still didn't know what kind of content I was doing. All so right. You're at, nice. All right. You're kicking and, it old school. Kicking it old school. And so when I give a date, I want you to, if you have something on that weekend or something like one of your shows, because I know you have not one, not two, not three, but you have like four promotions coming up in a row. So we got to talk about actually. those. Five. Oh my God. Okay. So here we go. Community calendar time. All right. We'll see if I can remember when I'm where I'm gonna be. Okay. So we already know that this today was Kevin Kangas and he kicks off our our madness previews um, in two weeks. Okay. So this weekend, where are you, Mister? That would be the next date coming up. This weekend, August 7th, I'm going to be at the AMS Haunted House in Maryville, Kentucky, at the Foothills Fear Festival, where we are presenting TPW Hot as Hell 2. Nice. So come to the come to the haunt, and we'll add the real blood. <laughs> nice. And can you do you can you, any any notable uh, matches announced for that? Oh, absolutely. Uh, let me run these now. Uh, Raven Havoc, our uh, Deathmatch champion, is going to be uh, defending that belt against Bam Sullivan. Uh, Tristan Ramsey and Justin Zane and Remington Roar are going to have a three-way Deathmatch. That sounds really uh, good. Randy West, Garadox and Randy West are going to have their long-awaited uh, rematch, which we couldn't do on the last show because of car trouble, but we're finally going to get that one in. And J.W. Dalton, who just got announced for Carnage Cup this week, is going to be taking on Aiden Blackheart. Also, Brad Cash is uh, going to be trying to stave off the assault of Dalton Creedmore in a match for the TPW Championship and more. Excellent. So, and then, but there's no rest for us Wicked Witches, so you immediately, the following weekend, are also promoting something. 
Yes, the following week we will be at Southern Violence and Wrestling in Monroe, Georgia. We're presenting a show called Various and Light Beers, which is a reference to Mance Warner, who we actually saw jump in the ring at the end of the uh, Matt Cardona versus Nick Gage match to uh, fight off the uh, Ohio contingent. But he is coming in to do a hardcore match with uh, Brad Cash on that show. Um, I don't have the rest of the card in front of me, but I think the rest of it says Axel Foley will be on the show. Um, Austin Towers will throw a left-hand pass. who debuted on our last show. We'll be there in force, and we'll see what uh, what kind of havoc they're going to wreak all over SBW. Great. And I actually have a event I am attending on the 14th. Uh, I just found out I am going to see the Van Gogh Immersive Exhibit. So I am taking the evil genius with me, and I'm meeting up with a friend, and we're going downtown D.C. to see the exhibit. So I'm pretty excited about that. I would be too. That looks awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's I, the I, High Museum of Art here in Atlanta, and I've been trying to figure out how I can get up there to see it. Uh, yeah, I'm very jealous of that one. That's, that's going to be so Um, In... Be careful, your mic is going in and out a little bit, just so you know. Is it? Uh, yeah. Ah, uh, technology. <laughs> All right, so moving onwards. And so the next major thing is going to be a, a, a sexy witch show. And the sexy witch show definitely overlaps with what you're doing because we have on that show the defending title, Deathmatch champion himself, Raven Haddock, indie pro specialist. Because he is a specialist, just like. And uh, he also is the booker for a event that you are going to call on the, what date is that? That is the 22nd of August, and that would be Unholy Warfare. So this is a preview of that show, and I'm really excited to talk to Raven. Oh, that show is going to be amazing. Some of the talent we've got lined up is going to be like great talent on that show. And like I said, Raven's the promoter of that one. And this is the fourth one, and it's a tribute to our boy, Colt 45. And it's, it's just a great show. I'm really looking forward to that one. So, that and, one's going to be uh, tournament style. A lot of the shows, but I don't think you've been to an actual Deathmatch tournament yet, have you? No, I have not done a tournament. I've watched Masters of Pain on, on uh, streaming, but I did not actually, I have not gone to an actual tournament, no. Uh, tournaments unlike anything else because you'll you you watch these guys destroy each other then you're like you know what whoever's gonna win this thing has three more matches tonight so you know it's it's definitely a uh, separate the men from the boys situation it was a cancellation unfortunately from unholy warfare Uh, reed bentley had to drop out which is really sad because I kind of love that guy. I watched him wrestle three matches with a broken foot. And one of my favorite matches all year was him with Neil Diamond Cutter up at the showboat during Boardwalk Buds. That was so much fun. Um, but Raven says that he has someone up his sleeve and he's not going to tell you until the actual show. So, okay. Right. I don't so, even know. Nobody and knows. And I'm the ring announcer him. and commentator. So, I don't even know. Can we, I guess we can't poke him and try to get it out of him on the podcast next week. Uh, oh, we can try. Weeks. I doubt he'll give it up, though. I doubt he'll give no, it I'll up. tell you something exciting on that show. Oh. It is only the second ever appearance in the Southeast of the Pumpkin Queen stage since. The first yeah. lady of Deathmatch Wrestling. I am really excited to finally get to see her live. And, and Raven's going to actually wrestle her. 
Mm-hmm. There are only two deathmatch wrestlers whose patches I have on my battle vest, and she's one of them. And the other one's Masada. So she's in very rare company there. She is. So, uh, so that's awesome. So, um, and then at that point, you are actually out here for a few days because you're gonna you're gonna call that match on the twenty on the twenty first. I'm sorry, I said twenty second. It's actually Saturday the twenty first. But I'm also gonna take you to Williamsburg and maybe to Ocean City to go see the Bill Tracys. So that'll be awesome. And then it's my birthday, and I'm old. And then we move forward. And on the twenty fifth, I am going to actually have a, a sexy witch repeat. I'm going to po- repost the. Uh, First time Brian Trenchard Smith was on our show. It's a, an hour long interview. It's quite fun and wonderful from a couple of years back when we were doing a uh, the Masters of Horror uh, retrospective. Um, he was one one of the few actual Master of Horrors, and he came on my show, so that was awesome. Um, and so he's coming back on on September eighth. Do you have something on uh, the weekend before that? The no, but I do. Twenty ninth or the fourth or the fifth? September eleventh. On September, September 11th. 11th, I do. Okay, so we have on yes, September 11th. The, the next Southern Violence and Wrestling show where we'll make our return to the Southern Brewing Company in Athens, Georgia. And that, watching that makes me want to drink. There's like a beer ad in the background. I just wanted to drink a lot of beer. Oh, I, I, should, like, that I should mention. I should mention the uh, Total Psychopathic Wrestling TPW out of Knoxville. They have their own Roku app. So go search Total Psychopathic Wrestling. You can get that Roku app and watch all the shows. Uh, SVW, we air on Fight TV. So we don't air live, but uh, soon after the event happens, it gets uploaded and you can uh, watch. And it's free. For free. You do not have to have a uh, paid subscription. So, yeah, check it out. Yeah, absolutely. So, and on the 8th is actually, um, that is my uh, triumph. The second time Brian Trenchard Smith's going to be on the show, and because of our madness theme of battle uh, of hunting humans, he's going to we're having invited him specifically to talk about Turkey Shoot and his new book, uh, Ventures in a B Movie Trade. So uh, we got a lot to talk about with Brian Trenchard Smith. He's kind of a legend. He, uh, for people who don't know his movies, I highly recommend looking them up. Dead End Drive In turkey shoot um he did a lot of action pictures his stunts are amazing man from hong kong uh what else could we throw at them uh leprechaun 3 yes leprechaun 3 uh night of the demons 2 uh, it, he has one of the most unusual crazy uh wonderful like list of movies like he's very much almost like a uh, like a Jess Franco of Australia because you know he was a gun for hire for some of these films. Some of these films were passion projects, but every one of them has his own stamp. So looking forward That's to that. That's actually a really good description. The, the, yeah. the Jess Franco of Australia. Like, he, he can't forget BMX Bandits. Oh yeah, BMX Bandits with Nicole Kidman in her film. Yep. So you know, there, there's a lot Classic. about Ryan Trenchard. It's amazing. And, and in Turkey Shoot, you had Olivia Hussey at the height of her career, um, which was kind of an interesting choice uh, to do that movie. Um, it's a crazy Turkey movie is such too. Such an amazing movie. Um, yeah, I can't wait to talk to him about that. So, and of course, we so go once again. Dead Driving. Dead and Driving's beautiful. That's just a wonderful gutter punk look to it. I love that kind of stuff. So, um, 
Uh, so we, uh, once again, the 11th, you've got your show. And then the next thing after that, do you have anything on the 18th and the 19th? I don't know yet. I probably will. I probably will. I just don't know details yet. Okay. Well, I know on the 22nd. Oh, go ahead. uh, uh, I do have two big shows coming up in October, but we've got time till then. I will reveal all about Carnage Cup and the Tournament of Horrors as we get closer to the season. I I actually want to give like a whole hour to Carnage Cup because that's going to be the biggest fall event and, it, and that'll fall during the madness so that that's we're, we're going to talk about that in the future but speaking of the madness uh the 22nd is actually the live rules read on sexy witches so uh the eighth is brian trenchard smith we take the 15th off and then on the 22nd we go right into madness the official start of the madness is friday october 1st when i'll put the first of the battle brackets in the first two movies that will battle to the death eventually there can be only one. Um, and the more active a maniac on the, that has a film on the bracket is during the madness and outside events and things on the madness page, the more points they get. So this year, instead of a binge watching contest, this is a quality contest. Can your movie defeat 16 other movies? We'll have to see. So it'll be awesome. Uh, and it, all of this is inspired partly by the summer of death and the wrestling that I've been witnessing. And I just like, I poor Nathan in the middle of the night, I actually woke up with an epiphany and called him really well. I know what I'm doing for the madness. <laughs> I think it was like yep. five in the morning. He, no, I didn't wake him up. Uh, <laughs> but still. Nope. So anyway, so that's see. awesome. Uh, but I do want to mention that this is all going to peak during the madness, though, because uh, I have two things happening during the beginning of the madness. I'll probably be at Monster Mania in Hunts Valley, and that is actually on September, the weekend of September, was it, uh, 24th, 25th, and 26th in Hunts Valley, Maryland. Uh, headliners are Christina Ricci and Robert England and Joe Bob Briggs. So um, that's kind of be kind of a must and it sounds like Kevin's going to be there possibly so that'll be awesome um and then like um on the 6th of uh, and then we'll go into Nathan's stuff next month in October but I all of this is going to peak though on the 6th when I get to go to an AEW um yes I know lady the lady just told me 90 seconds but AEW show on the 6th I get to in Philadelphia I get to actually go to a, a taping so um, I'm actually pretty excited about that, Nathan. I think it'll be a good finale to what I've been doing all year. I have seen one Dynamite Live, and it was amazing, and I have zero doubt that the one you've witnessed will be the same. Yeah. I'll get my dream match of Lance Archer versus Sammy Guevara. You mean the execution of Sammy Guevara? <laughs> yeah, it could be yes it would be glorious though so thank you my dear you, you thought you didn't have enough in, enough material in you to last an hour and we're already at a time so even though i think you only had 40 minutes of material but still that's still you always are a pleasure to talk to no matter what the subject is so thank you um plug your stuff again and just your next two show once again remind them your next two shows coming up and your sell your soul all right on Saturday, I will be appearing in uh, Maryville, 
Kentucky as part of the Fear, uh, Foothills Fear Festival at the AMS Haunt. At uh, 7 p.m., we are going to be presenting TPW's Hotter Than Hell 2. The weekend after that, on Saturday, I will be in Monroe, Georgia, for Lariats and Light Beers for Southern Violence Wrestling. Vance Warner coming in. I'm stoked about that because I've never gotten to call one of his matches. I'm really looking forward to that. And then the next weekend after that, which you'll hear all about on an upcoming episode of Sexy Witches, is Unholy Warfare. Yep, that'll be our next episode. Our next episode will be the 18th when we'll have Raven Havoc, Havoc, the promoter of Unholy Warfare, on our show, as well as the title belt deathman champion of his promotion, which is amazing because Raven's awesome. I love watching him wrestle. He is so fun. And we'll be honored to have him on the show. And um, then we'll have Brian Chantra Smith on the 8th. In the meantime, everyone, you take it easy. We will all be around. You can find me on Facebook and Elizabeth Catherine Gray on my personal profile. But you also get in a day with history and whatever the hell I'm watching right now, currently the Olympics. Um, and um, we also have groups, the Halloween Horror Movie Marathon Madness. Please join that group. We are the best horror group on Facebook. That is not an exaggeration. We have amazing people there, and nobody is an asshole. Everyone loves talking horror on that on that particular group. I also have FB Film Geek Circle if you want to talk more generally about films. Or if you were a science fiction nerd, Tossie Station is also a small but very significant little science fiction group and science group that I also manage. All that stuff's available on Facebook. Uh, and I'm on the Twitters at the Sexy Witches and Cave Pearl EKG. So we'll leave you tonight with, by the way, did you watch the Fear Street series all the way through yet, Nathan? Not yet. I have not had a chance to watch the second two. I've watched the first one. Well, I'm not going to get into spoilers, but the very last episode, um, the last one, the final, the Fear of 1666, ends with a pixie song called Hey, right? Which is awesome because I love pixies. Well, guess what big hit movie also has Hey on its soundtrack that's opening on tomorrow night? And what movie would that be? That is Suicide Squad with James Gunn. So the most anticipated geek title of the summer. So I leave you tonight with Hey by the Pixies. And I hope your land is full of whores. And have a good evening. Good Phil hunting. And blessed be. Hey! Been trying!